0: You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencan'tjump and at WideMenCanJump.com. Here's the best pod in sports bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencan'tjump and at WideMenCanJump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CanBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WidemenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. It's white Men Can't Jump, and what would it be without a show starting off with a little technical glitch? But yet, here we are. It's Nate, it's Tim, my man from up in the great white north, Tim Dombrova. Welcome aboard to this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. Tim, are you with me? Tim, are you with me? Have you got Tim, me now? You... There, I got you. Now we got right. you.
1: I don't know what's going on there. More tech?
0: <laughs> little technical issues, but I think we've got everything straightened out now. All right, I there got. I am.
1: Um, I'm starting to feel like a candy bar at a fat man camp. Seemed to be discovered. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> I came hiding out of nowhere, out, but
1: hiding out, but like you know, well, I'm here, I am, but like nobody's answering. The intro's playing seven times to Sunday. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I got gremlins or what?
0: Huh? Who knows? I hit the button to play, and then it took a minute before it ever played. And then when it okay. finally played, it decided, eh, we're gonna start over and play again." So uh,
1: who knows?
0: I know, let's, let's, I know, let's,
1: know an easy, easy get solution. But we just blame blame Trump and we're done. There we go.
0: Yeah. Seems to be that's the way to go. But you know, we hit the button and the beginning of this show right now, here's what we're rating it.
1: Uh, but it it, it, yeah. it, it won't it can't get worse. Unless we go like the total silence. No, it's only,
0: no, it it's only gonna get better. We've got so much to get to tonight. Um, I wanna start the show. The way that we used to, um, and by that, I mean, I want to talk about my Minnesota Timberwolves, who were officially eliminated from the playoff chase the other day. Uh, they're, they're gone. They're not going to make it this which, you know, it's kind you of the in the end. O-
1: in the words of Hall and Oates, she's gone.
0: Yes, in the words of Hall and Oates, what, what, she's gone. What
1: went wrong?
0: Uh, in the words of Billy Joel, <laughs> moving out. Uh, so... <laughs> We'll get, the, we'll get more on that later. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, or we could go with the words of the Great Queen when it comes to the Timberwolves. Another one bites the dust. And
2: another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, well, yeah so
0: the, wolf, you the gotta, Wolves you will be... You've got to
1: play that because you won't be playing We Are the Champions anytime soon.
0: No, no, not going to be playing that again. <laughs> if anything... If anything, we'll just uh, be hearing the radio Gaga during the off season. There, there's a deep cut <laughs> for you. But, uh, radio
1: Gaga. Yeah, I know that. Yeah,
0: one. That's a good one. But one thing I do want to talk about, Tim, is that the Wolves experienced quite a bit of, of injuries this season. And you know, I watched as many games as, as humanly possible. They suffered greatly with the lack of Robert Covington, who was injured for most of the season. They they had a lot of uh, late injuries. Derrick Rose was never fully healthy. He was kind of in and out of the lineup. Uh, Jeff Teague would be in and out of the lineups here and there. Of course, the coaching change, the Butler trade. It was just a season to kind of forget for Minnesota. But I have been reading that... The owner, Glenn Taylor, is looking to kind of step up in a way that I didn't expect. They want to re sign head coach Ryan Saunders, who took over when Tom Thibodeau left. They went on the nice win streak there, uh, for a while. I like I like Ryan Saunders. I do. I'm I'm quite the fan and th- that's something that that I can get behind. There's a rumor going around that the Wolves want to somehow, if they can, sign Chauncey Billups to be their general manager. Now, they're not going to hire a general manager slash coach. That ship has sailed. There's there's a lot of talk of Chauncey Billups coming in, taking over that role. Um, they're looking at Scott Got Laden being out. They want Chauncey, but there's another, another name in Calvin Booth who's been mentioned as a replacement. This is coming from Mark Stein, and I'm getting the from Wool's report on Instagram. Uh, big shout out to them. So there's a lot of moves to be made in the offseason, but I do want to say Carl Anthony Towns, my God, a beast. Uh, the second half of the season right now. Carl Anthony Towns leads the league in player efficiency rating post-All-Star break at 37.8. Number two is Anthony Davis at 32.2. And number three is the Greek freak Guinness and Antetokounmpo at 29.9. So Carl Anthony Towns has had an amazing post-All-Star break. Um, And it's a shame Andrew Wiggins has not stepped up, and that's just the facts. Uh Andrew Wiggins has struggled, and it just seems like he is kind of he's he's almost turned into a waste of the money and i'm kind of just and, and Tim you know i've defended Andrew Wiggins year in year out um, i I've, I've thought he's got something there that he can offer, and when he turns it on it's it's like man why can't we why can't we just harness that? But it seems like he's just not gonna turn into that guy that everyone thought he would be. He got the max money, he's got the max contract. Here he is getting paid right now. Here's Andrew Wiggins. This season, Andrew Wiggins gets paid twenty five million dollars. Almost twenty five and a half million. Next season it goes to twenty seven. The year after that it's twenty nine. The year after that it's thirty one. And then the year after that, thirty three million dollars. This kid's gonna be getting guaranteed. A hundred and forty-six million dollars, which Lord. is insane for for what he's <laughs> doing. That's insane because Tim he's not much. he's not he's not earning that.
1: No.
0: Now, the twenty sixteen twenty seventeen season, he played great. He he averaged twenty point seven points per game. The year after that, before the Jimmy Butler trade to bringing him in, Wiggins averaged twenty three points per game. He averaged four rebounds, two point three assists. Uh, he he had his free throw percentages have always been kind of questionable. He's only sixty. He's only a seventy three percent career free throw shooter. But his long two point range shots have been just merciless here. He kills me. He absolutely kills me. Shoot the way he shoots. But his three point shots have went up over the past few seasons. This year he's sh- shooting four point seven threes per game he's making 1.6 where he was making only 1.4 1.3 and then before that he wasn't even making one per game he's gotten somewhat better but he is averaged back-to-back seasons now that he's averaged 17.7 points per game that's not worth that much money to me what do
1: you think well i've got i think i can solve the problem Okay. Here's what they do. They bring longtime Minnesota favorite and former governor, Jesse the Body (laughs) Ventura, back for the general manager position. He hires LeVar Ball as coach. They make the trade to the Lakers for Lonzo, who has removed his baller tattoo. If you didn't see that, that's what huge NBA news, breaking news (laughs) right there. And uh, they're a problem solved. Well, I'm glad you figured that out
0: real quick. Because but...
1: I mean, anything that doesn't work is a conspiracy. And you blame somebody else for it and all should be well in Minnesota. They can change the well, my... name to the Minnesota Timber Ballers or the Minnesota Balling Wolves. I don't know. That's pretty dirty, but uh there's things they could <laughs> do. I don't know. But in all in all seriousness, um, I think the the coach. I think they they're okay there. Might got, might have the right guy in the right right peg in the right hole, as they like to say. Um, yeah. They just need a little. They they just need a. Their their bench weak and well talent weak a little bit. They need a few better players. It's and, really I yeah, think, and like and they haven't going. been healthy.
0: They haven't been healthy, and that that's and, been I mean, an they're
1: issue. Not, I mean eight. Well, they're nine and a half games out. So you know that's going to take a, a bit more of a push next year, and we can, I think, we can safely say that the Lakers are not going to be as bad next year as they were this year. So that's another team that they to deal that they're probably going to have to deal with. Um, you know, they're for them to get into the playoffs next year, they're going to have to play a lot better than they did this year. Well, they're going to have, and they're going to lo- have to have a bit more luck than what they got. I'm
0: this looking year, at the so. contract situation right now. Uh Towns' big raise comes into effect next year. He's getting a five year and he this is guaranteed $163 million guaranteed contract. He's worth everything. But he's he's
1: at least yes, but um this kind of ties into uh one of our guests who's coming on in a bit. Um mm-hmm. who has with his I don't know if you saw where he with his uh I don't want to get into it I don't want to spoil too much of it, but that uh, you really need to give a guy three years. Yeah. Three years is before yeah. they start throwing these ridiculous sums of money at these kids because they have, well, potential.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing I'll say about that is most of these rookies, when they come in, they – they don't sign an extension until after their rookie contracts are up, which is normally five, four to five years. Carl, Carl Anthony Towns this season, Tim, only made seven million dollars. This was the last year on his rookie contract. Next year he gets an, a very nice pay raise. Uh, he here's be, some of the contracts uh, coming off he must the books. Be next just week. like
1: he must be living like day to day at seven million dollars. Eh?
0: <laughs> yeah, <about> seven million. <laughs> He seems to be doing just fine. Uh, number one pick, hand they, hand they make a little money. <laughs> uh, I do want to give a big uh, a big shout to Keita Bates-Diop on his rookie deal. This was his first year. He was a second-round pick, and he played rather well this season, I thought. His rookie contract, uh, this season alone, he's only making $838,000 oh, this season, which, I mean – for you and I, that, yeah, hell yeah, we'll take so, we'll take that every day. It's
1: a wonder that man can got strength to get to the arena, the arena for the games,
0: <laughs> but he's gonna make one point four million next year. So good on him uh, getting into that seven figure range. But oh, next yeah, season, they're gonna, Aldang, to
1: they're gonna give it to you. It, take it.
0: Yeah, Lou Alden's contract comes off the books next year. Tyus Jones will be a free agent after this season. I'm pretty sure he will be re-signed. Anthony Tolliver's contract is up. Jared
1: Jared Bayless. You said said Lou L. Dang, right? Yes. Do you think you ever hear on the Minnesota bench,
0: damn dang? (laughs) Probably. Uh, Cameron Reynolds Reynolds will be off the books. And Minnesota actually had a lot of uh, contracts that they were paying this season that... Honestly, they weren't even on the squad. I guess they took over the years as buyouts. Kevin Martin actually got $1.3 million from the Wolves this year, and he's 36 years old. Uh, Cole Aldridge, he's going to get another $685,000 next year and the year after that. Uh, James Nunley, Isaiah Cannon, Cameron Reynolds' his contracts are coming off the books as well. Taj Gibson's coming off. Um, I don't know if they'll they resign yet. they not
1: him. paying that crybaby butler anymore.
0: Well, thank God he's gone. That's what I'll say about that. But, Tim, you, you mentioned it and you previewed it a minute ago. Joining us now from the B-Ball Index and the creator of the Impact Plus Minus, the player Impact Plus Minus, is the one and only Jacob Goldstein. Jacob, thank you for coming on here, and we're going to talk a little hoops. Sounds good. Thanks for
2: having me. How you guys doing?
0: Doing what great. A poly- Glad
2: you-
1: what, a, what a great voice.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Great. But glad, glad, we could get you, glad we could get you back on here. Um, before we dive too deep into things, I do want to bring this up. You tweeted about four hours ago. Tim kind of uh, gave a little preview there. Uh, this is Jacob's tweet, and I kind of want you to dive into this a little bit. Most rookies stink by impact stats. Only two qualified rookies are positive so far this year. In the player impact plus minus, the research I've done shows it takes three years to get a full sense of a player's ultimate trajectory and peak caliber. So why don't you explain, Jacob, you developed this player impact plus minus uh, statistic, correct? Mm -hmm. Why don't you explain what that is and how you use that to base what, because I've looked at some of your your write-ups here. And I've actually used this player impact plus minus as to how I judge my um, MVP vote this season. So why don't you go ahead and, and break down what the player impact plus minus is and the wins added and how you come up with that.
2: Sure. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions with these sort of all-encompassing impact stats, player impact plus minus, RPM, um, probably being the most well-known two of those, is that uh, sometimes people think they're measuring pure talent, Um, like they use them to try and rank who the best player in the league is, and that's just not really what they're aimed to do. Essentially, what they're trying to do is build a hyper-efficient on-off statistic to get a sense of how much a player is impacting the team within their role. So they use on-off data, um, they measure how good the team is, when they're on court uh, compared to league average, um, RPM, PIPM, both include box score data as well to give, you know, there is a lot of value in the box score that we can take out and then blend with on-off statistics to get a better sense of who was actually providing that on-off value to the team and who is really helping or hurting the team. Um, and today I tweeted, as you had mentioned about, you know, with a lot of rookies, they generally kind of, sucks by impact stats their first year, first two years in the league. Uh, and a lot of that is because when a highly drafted rookie comes into the league, they're asked to do something that they're probably not able to do right now. So Colin Sexton gets drafted to the Cavs. is asked to become the lead point guard, ball handler, main folk room of the offense, especially when Kevin Love goes out, suddenly it's all on Colin Sexton's shoulders. And that's a lot of responsibility to put on a young player. And most young, highly drafted rookies are drafted because of their potential and not because they're going to step in right now and immediately be that guy on the team. Like, not everyone can step in and be Donovan Mitchell their rookie or Luka Doncic this year. Most guys who are put in that position are going to struggle at first, and that means that their impact, what they're asked to do and how it's helping or hurting the team is going to be pretty bad because they're not ready. To be doing what they're doing yet, but it's good for them in terms of long-term development to get reps and and build um, some muscle memory and and on, get some on-court experience as to uh, what they'll have to do in four or five years when you know they're ready for that responsibility. So I've done some research onto um, projecting players forward, and what I did was looked at guys who, after their third year in the league and. Um, how they would play during the prime of their career. I picked after the third year because that is when players become uh, extension eligible off of a rookie deal. So it's really the time when they start getting big money thrown their way if they're considered that caliber of player. Um, so the research I did showed that after the third year in the league, you're, you have a decent amount of predictive power. Um, because you have now three years of data and you can see their growth over that time, um, that if someone is still after their third year struggling in the role that they're playing, like let's say Colin Sexton keeps struggling for the next two years and, and never really is able to improve his impact. Not that I necessarily think that'll happen, just sticking with the example. Um, if he's never able to really improve then after his third year, it would be a mistake to give that guy a lot of money because you know the chances of him ever becoming someone who's deserving of a max contract if he struggles his first three years in the league in the same lead offensive role—it's pretty slim. That that would probably be like giving as you—I heard you guys talking about uh Wiggins earlier. That'd probably be like the Wiggins deal. Like that—that's really not a good place to
0: spend your money. Um, You're telling me. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Wolves fan. I'm a Wolves fan, so I understand. Yes, I know. I know it's not. <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs>
2: A lot of rookies can't do what they're asked to do at first, and so they're going to rate poorly, and you have to give them time. You can't grade them on the same curve you grade other players by impact stats. If you have someone who is a Luka Doncic and is immediately a 19-year-old star, that's great. That's perfect. That's what you want for But if it's not there immediately, it, it doesn't mean it won't ever be there. It, like De'Aaron Fox, from last season to this season, in all impact stats, has made one of the largest leaps ever. I think in my database, the last time I checked, it was like the ninth or tenth largest single-year leap ever, and that changes his trajectory from a player, but if we were just basing his projections off his rookie year, they would just be completely inaccurate now, so it takes time for these guys to settle into their roles, get used to the NBA physicality, speed, um, and spacing, and rotations, and it just, it takes more time than one year, so they're going to struggle, they're not ready yet, and often, you, you just got to give them time to find their way. If they don't find their way, then you don't pay them. If they do find their way, then after three years, if they have a good projection, you know, you have a pretty good idea that they're going to be a good player or at least, you know, a starter, if they put up a good impact or, you know, a good bench player or something like you can start to categorize these guys into the size of contracts they should receive and relatively accurately predict you know, how they're going to improve through their prime.
0: Okay, well, um, and I'm looking here at some of your your player impact plus minuses here. Uh, according to this, this is the top qualifying player that have to have a minute of nine a minimum 908 minutes played uh, for each team in both player impact plus minus and wins added. So I'm looking here, and the top player is Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, at plus seven point three. Uh, Would you call him your MVP this season? Because I'm looking for James Harden, and he is not even in the top five right now. He's at plus 4.6. Now, a lot of people are probably sitting there going, why is Gannis so highly rated? Why do you have Paul George, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Embiid, Nurkic, Vucevic, all above Harden? Can you explain that to him? Like, why would you have uh, Gannis ranked so high, and is he your MVP? I personally
2: do think Giannis is the MVP because of the way he's able to impact the game both offensively and defensively at, at a very high rate. Um, I believe he's top five in the league or very close to top five in the league in both offense and defense. Um, so it's just, he is not only the offensive focal point, point for the team, he's also the defensive anchor for the team. Um, and just the way the team is situated around him now with so many great spacers and then Bloodstone, Milton and, Brogdon, when he comes back, are both fan, are all fantastic secondary creators who can play off of Giannis, um, and it's really an ideal system for Giannis. I really do think he he's putting on a great season, and I think he is the most deserving of MVP this year because of the way he has the Bucks playing as the best player on both sides of the court and easily one of the best players in the league. Um, I don't have any issues with someone who thinks Harden. The MVP. I think Harden's having a fantastic season and the Rockets wouldn't be anywhere near where they are without him. But just for me, I think Giannis has had a bigger impact on the game this year. And it, it doesn't really matter to me that Giannis, his teammates are probably better than Harden's because you know they're playing at a higher level. They're going to win more games. There's enough of a difference in the win total that you know, it kind of makes up for Giannis also having a better team. So I, I do think Giannis is, has been the best player. I think he's been unstoppable driving to the rim. He dunks on people every single game. His length on defense is very intimidating, and and he he's just been fantastic this year. He's he's made a real leap from last season when he was already really good to solidifying himself in you know the MVP discussion for this year and the next few years and. Hopefully the Bucks can hold that team together around him for a few years because it's it's really such a good fit under uh, Budenholzer, and it's it's just a really well done system that maximizes Giannis's talent.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up with the Bucks is they have been dealing with injuries. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is done for the season, or not the season, excuse me, but he's done for the regular season. And he is now going to be out, they believe, at least the first round. Now, probably won't be an issue for the Bucks. I think they have enough firepower, and they proved they have enough firepower to get through the first round. If the season were to end right now, the Milwaukee Bucks would be playing the Orlando Magic in the first round. Do you, and the Magic have actually won six straight now. Do you think Milwaukee could get through Orlando or let's just say it could be Miami, Detroit, could be Brooklyn, could be Charlotte. Do you think they'll need Brogdon to get through any of those teams or do you think they have a pretty good shot without him?
2: Yeah, I don't think they really need him just because having Middleton and Bledsoe is probably enough secondary creation around Giannis, um, at least for the first round. And I would expect him – to be somewhat uh, cautious with Brogdon if he's able to come back in the middle of the first round, but they're up 2-0 or 3-1 or whatever it may be, then I would expect them to just hold him out until the second round starts just to be safe. Um, I don't think – I mean, the Hornets, maybe Kemba can get hot for three or four games, but I, I just don't think any of those teams really have um, the the talent to match up with the Bucks in a way to really – Stop them. Um, I think they could maybe have a game or two that they can steal, but I don't think it'll really be a competitive series against the Bucks either way. Just, the Bucks are—they are, have a better system and a better roster than any of those teams, even with Brogdon being injured. And I think they lost Dante Divincenzo for the rest of the year. Not that he'll really have an impact, and you know, Pau Gasol's injured. But I mean, those those are two players who probably wouldn't play much in the playoffs anyway. So. I think the Bucks would have no trouble with any of those teams and you they know, will they'll miss Brogdon, but ultimately there's just there's enough talent around uh Giannis and that the the system is good enough that it will be able to still pretty easily I think go through those any of those possible eight seed teams. Tim,
0: do you got a question here for Jagum?
1: Of course I do. Um so how long have you been working on this? Uh, new, I guess you want to call it uh, analytic. I guess we'll call it for
2: player impact, impact plus minus.
1: Yeah, because I, I have to um, be honest, I hadn't really hadn't really caught wind of it till now. So
2: when did I start it? I think the earliest versions are probably a year and a half ago, summer of okay, so twenty eighteen, maybe a, a little before that. Um, when it really started shaping into what it is now was definitely early in last season. I think the first write up I published on it was January or maybe February of 2018. So uh, the point where it's at now has really been about a year. Um, but okay. the, you know, so there was it... obviously some iterative development work before that, okay. to, you know, to get something I was happy with. Right.
1: Um, so do you, How is it being accepted by the "quote unquote" community? I guess we'll say. Or have you? I think it's. Or or have you only just started to drop the knowledge on them?
2: (laughs) No, I think it's been pretty well accepted. Um, I I think more, you know, hardcore analytics people like it, um, especially the fact that compared to RPM, uh, which is ESPN's, you know, main player statistic, uh, the Mm -hmm. fact that I'm. Open with what goes into it, and open with the formula. At least helps people, you know, understand the values that are coming out. So when they, when you see something in RPM, you know, we have a sense of what's going in there, but we don't really know exactly. Um, so we can't explain why someone's RPM value is what it is uh, in any specific manner. And I think there has been a, an appreciation that I'm relatively open with what goes into. Player impact plus minus and always willing to answer questions and uh, explain things that people don't understand. Um, and so I think that openness and at least understanding of why it's saying what it's saying is definitely something that has helped uh, the the acceptance of it um, among analytics people I've talked to and you know the more not casual fans because they're probably not looking up uh, advanced player impact statistics yeah. or anything, but. Um, you know, the fans who, who are just trying to understand what's going on more in the game or get a better sense of how these players help and hurt their teams, you know, they, they, they've they generally been pretty accepting um, of the metric. And, you know, I think it helps that it doesn't spit out things that are too crazy most of the time.
1: The reason I asked is because it does, like, even that 900-minute that, that or 900-game, the first one there, it does kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, two of my guys, who I who I think are or maybe not overrated, but maybe get too much love. It does have them a little bit further down the list and I thought. Maybe you might get some some fight back from the uh, the Harden camp, the James camp, as they're not you know normally those guys are right at the top of the list and on your list they're in the top ten, but which is where I think yeah they be, which is where I think they should be. Uh, but of course, you would have the argument that. They would be, you know, even now people still talking about LeBron, and he just he just hasn't had a very good year. Let's just call it what it is, but uh, especially for LeBron. But I know I just usually when somebody comes up with something new, and it takes the the particularly the one or two guys who are, I don't know what you want to call them, the face of the league or, or the the, the usual guys who get the most of the love, and it places them down the list. Usually there's some some pushback. So I just was curious whether you had gotten any or not because
2: oh yeah, I mean, I think there during the point when LeBron was injured and missing a ton of games, I'm pretty sure uh, Andre Drummond uh some like accumulated marginally more wins added over the course of the year and I I remember tweeting it out and there's definitely some responses that are like there's no way Andre Drummond is better than LeBron and obviously that's true. But you know, I, I think a lot of the responses that are that come back like that are either people who don't care to really learn what the tweet is saying, what the metric is saying. Um,
1: well, there's or, a difference. You know, they, there's a difference between math and analytics and optics. Those three things mm-hmm. are, are are different, and I think a lot of casual fans, it's what they're told. And optics, for the most of them, because they don't bother to dig deeper into the
0: stats. And a lot of people buy into the hype, too. A lot of people are looking at, say, oh, LeBron, uh, you know, he's on your list here, and that's great. But if you go down this list, if if I told you, based on the numbers, who would be you, the best in terms of plus ratings for the Spurs, I would automatically think well, Marcus Aldridge or DeMar DeRozan. It's Davis Bertans, and if you're a person who hasn't watched the Spurs a lot this season, you'd be like, who in the hell is Davis Davis Bertans? (laughs) But if you've watched, you can understand why those numbers are what they are. If you haven't watched the Knicks this season, Mitchell Robinson is that number, not Kevin Knox, not Dennis Smith Jr. since the trade, not DeAndre Jordan. It's Mitchell Robinson, and I believe every second of that. John Collins for the Hawks, not Trey Young. Uh, If you look, Dwight Powell for the, the Mavericks, not Luka Doncic. If you watch as much basketball as those of us who really dive into the season, you can see where these numbers make sense. And that's been my whole argument all season. Everybody's saying James Harden is an MVP candidate. And, of course, he is. He's had a great run. But in terms of player impact plus minus here, you've got Nikola Vucevic over him. I see that. I can see that easily because Vucevic is a dynamic part of that Magic team. And this is a guy who's a double-double machine. He does great on defense. He's got a good shot. He can pass out of the post. He can do so many little things that maybe a real – or an RPI wouldn't – or, excuse me, RPM wouldn't bring in. So, mm-hmm. I totally see where you're coming from with these numbers.
2: Yeah. I, just, I think a lot of the the responses of people who, you know, aren't really understanding of what their – why the numbers are – what they are is because they think it's a list of the best players in the league and the best players based off talent are going to have the best impact numbers. And that's just not always the case because, you know, the way a player is used in the offense and defense matters a lot. And uh, Vucevic is, is the fulcrum to that magic team. And as you said, if you've watched pretty much any magic games this year, they're terrible without him. Like he makes them a good team. He's probably the he's clearly the main reason that you know they're actually in the playoff hunt. Which off season, there's probably very few people who would have been projecting or predicting that the uh, Magic are going to be in the playoffs. So I, I think it's just a lot of people who don't really understand what the numbers are saying and in. There are times when there's guys who are just the impact that is wrong, can still miss on things. They're not perfect, Uh, especially on defense. There's still a long way to go to improving them. Um, And as we get more and more tracking data available to us publicly, that'll be things that get worked into impact stats like mine and ESPNs. And I'm sure someone else will come up with a good one. That helps us get an even better sense of it.
1: Do you get any uh, data from the league itself?
2: I don't. Every everything I do is with publicly available okay. data.
1: I only I only ask because I know in the NHL now and maybe we can tie this into what you're doing maybe to some degree. Um in the NHL with the with the onslaught of illegal betting and all that, they <laughs> are now gonna provide um certain betting companies I guess with with the analytic data that nobody else gets privy to. I'm not. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what what the data is, but it was there was a big story, and then it was they wondered, well, okay, are the are the other league is going to do that, and how would that, you know, could you take some of what you're doing here? How, how applicable would that be to uh, somebody who wanted to? I mean, could you extrapolate this data relatively easily and come up with uh, a pick and winners?
2: Yeah, and that's actually something we do on the B-ball Index. So most of the site is either data and tools or you know, we have a team of great writers who put out great work, but we do sell you think I premium went packages. At that website. You set me up perfectly.
1: Yeah, you think I might have went and looked you set me at me perfectly. <laughs>
2: yeah, and so we, we do um take these values from my player impact plus minus and Tim, the other founder of the site, has uh, a stat great. called point over expectation he uses. Um and so between the two of them, you know, we we have a really good gambling model that, you know, we sell the picks to it for NBA, NCAA, uh, and, and WNBA. So, yeah, I mean, oh, a smart person good. can take these values, impact stats, figure out how to put them together, and, you know, build a pretty good machine for predicting games.
0: do give me a, a wrench. wrench. I'm you know. tired of working. <laughs> we need a machine. <laughs> But, Jacob, you brought up the NCAA, and I do want to double back here in a minute and talk a little more about the NBA. You talked about the NCAA. Did you fill out a bracket? And if so, how's it look? What's your thoughts on the tournaments through the first two rounds?
2: Uh, I did fill out a bracket, and let me pull it up because I actually haven't checked how it was doing. If memory
0: serves,
1: if it hasn't done uh, well, Feel free to enter our second chance bracket.
0: Yeah, I'm in. I'm already in <laughs> where, where most of us are. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll
2: have to fill that out too then. Um, I don't even know where to find the brackets on ESPN. There it is. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried watching as much as I can. Um, it looks like I still have. 30 of the 16 Sweet 16 teams, so I guess I can't complain too much about that. It's not bad.
0: It's not bad. Yeah, you
1: know, I think you can't argue that too much.
0: No, no. I mean, <laughs> I think I only had 11, so that's not bad. I, I, I kind of thought Belmont was, was going to help me out there, but, but did you? Me too. Who do, you, who do you think's going to win it all? Do you think Duke's going to do it, or because that seems to be, the big one right now is everyone's <laughs> picking Duke. Who do you think will end up taking this ball?
2: I have Gonzaga winning, not Duke. I have Duke losing to Gonzaga in the final four. Um, I think, I mean, I really like this Duke team. They've been a lot of fun to watch over the course of the season with Zion doing ridiculous things every time he touches the ball and you know, RJ and, and Cam and Trey all have their moments where, they, you know, they, they show why they're so highly regarded in, in the draft. Um, but I think UCF, University of Central Florida, showed how to beat Duke. Um, you pack the paint. You force them to take jump shots. And, you know, UCF probably should have beat Duke in that, that round of 32 game. Like, they were – half a centimeter of the ball rolling the other direction mm-hmm. the cylinder twice. They blew, but, they blew it before that when he
1: tried to slam a one down instead yeah, of just laying it in there, and they, they had it
2: there. They make that shot, and they win the game. Like They should have won that game. Duke got lucky, and I, I think UCF, they're a good team, but they're not like known as, as an especially... Strong talent, one, and you know there there are better teams left in the tournament that Duke will have to face, and hopefully, I would think that those other teams Duke will have to face, watch the UCF game or at least build a scouting report off it, and are going to play Duke the same way. Duke is one of the worst jump shooting three point teams in the country. Like, if you can pack the paint on them, limit how effectively they get to the basket make them shoot from the outside and you know you obviously have to play pretty well offensively to keep up with them even still but there's I think Duke is beatable I don't think Duke is is going to trounce through the rest of the tournament and just walk home with the national championship in early April and go chill on the beach or anything I I think they're going to really struggle through the rest of this tournament if smart teams have been paying attention to how to make Duke struggle
0: that's true and UCF did have great rim protection they played they played correctly they played right and Duke kind of mm-hmm. fell into that trap I've still got Duke winning at all because I think eventually t- the, their talent will take over and I think they needed that scare to kind of put them in the right direction that was just my thoughts on the matter but I never wanted back. a
1: man to be more right than
0: just than now
1: <laughs>
0: I got you because man you. I don't but
1: man I dislike Duke <laughs>
0: But we're going to bounce back to the NBA right now. Uh, in the East and the West, one through five have clinched the playoff berths. So if you're in the East, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Indiana, and Boston have all clinched playoff berths. And in the West, Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston, and the Clippers have all clinched a playoff berth. And I believe uh, most of Utah, Oklahoma City, San Antonio will be the other three seeds in the West. Sacramento's 13.5 back of first. Minnesota's 17.5 back. So, not looking good for any of those teams. Uh, Minnesota, LA have been eliminated. Sacramento, the only outlier here. But I think you're mm-hmm. going to see Utah, Oklahoma, San Antonio. If the yeah, season. I, I ran, in... Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I, I ran a, a simulation of the rest of the year today, and Sacramento made the playoff once. In ten thousand simulations, so I, I think yeah. the West is pretty set. Yeah. When you're, so in, you're what, saying what there's they... a chance, <laughs> there's a there's <laughs> definitely what? a chance. Five and a half back with
1: seven games left, or eight games left. Everything to
2: has to go right.
1: Everything has to be perfect. Yeah, and that but we you're all know. But you saying
0: there's a chance. Well, <laughs> well keep the mortgage. The, Let's put it that if, way. Yeah, yeah. Don't bet on that. If the regular season ended today, and I'm talking today, Milwaukee would play Orlando, Toronto played Detroit, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and this one was probably be the most interesting in the East, Indiana and Boston out East. And shockingly, it looks like unless something happens with the Pacers, the Celtics are going to cruise into a five seed. That's surprising this season. Um and then out west, Golden State, San Antonio right now, Denver, and right now at the seven, this one's shocking too, Oklahoma City. Denver and Oklahoma City. And then at the three is Portland taking on Utah and Houston and the Clippers. Jacob, if you can, give me a matchup potentially out east and out west that you would find very interesting to see and maybe would be a, a good fun series to watch in the first round.
2: Um, I think – in, I mean, it'll be a little tough to find because normally the four or five series is in both conferences are the most interesting, but you know, the Pacers are, are without Oladipo, and so I wouldn't really expect them to make a ton of noise. But they, they have a very good team around that, so you know, there's, there's some potential that that would be an interesting matchup with the Celtics. Um, and ordinarily, you know, Utah-Portland would have been a great series, but, you know, it's really unfortunate what happened to Nurkic, and unfortunately that just kind of yeah. pushes it down from, you know, what could have been. I mean, I think those team, two teams were really evenly matched, and it would have been a lot of fun to see. Um, yeah, but, you know, before we move
0: on, yeah, that that injury really hurts, and I was very upset to see that happen. And Nurkic, is, uh, have you, has there been an official report on if he's done for the year yet?
2: Yeah, he had.
0: I think he's already had the surgery. Uh, yeah, I think uh, so. Okay, I thought yeah, he Wanted to make do sure. Do you think
2: the uh,
1: Utah Jazz have a team of mathematicians hard at work to not catch the LA Clippers so that they don't have to play <laughs> Houston? Ah, uh, maybe. Do they? Re- That's well, a would, good they really, would they really like to? Ca- would they really like to get into fifth and have to play Houston?
2: Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I definitely think they'd prefer to stay against Portland. I think, unfortunately, because of the injury situation, you know, even you know, Clippers would probably prefer to play Portland too. There's, it is what it is. Who, uh, what just end up. Nate,
1: who did we have on from from Utah that said he that they they thought they'd rather play Denver?
0: That they was definitely would rather uh, play Denver. John John K- uh, Kiefer, I believe, is his name. He is uh, our insider from Utah. He, uh, yeah, it was John Kiefer. He's a okay, so, uh, so then then are salt- they,
1: Should they t- should they take their foot off the pedal a little bit and let Oklahoma take that sixth spot? And I mean, they're only a game ahead.
2: I think I think they'd rather play Portland in the first round than Denver. I mean, either way, if they end up, you know, they they manage to fall back to seven they they they'll be able to avoid the warriors and the rockets and for at yeah, least yeah, I those, guess those are the, the two, first big, two rounds the
1: mines that you don't want to hit, but
2: yeah, if they if they're able to go first second round in some order Portland than Denver or Denver than Portland, I I think they'd be pretty happy with that and outcome.
1: Considering where Utah was at Christmas, they should probably be happy to just be in the 8, I suppose. <laughs> Cuz they well, they've really done some some serious uh work to get to where they're at, Cause they looked like they were yeah, last year, it. yeah, they looked like they were totally out of it at one point,
0: yeah, they really did yeah. um and i I thought Utah would actually slip a little bit because they didn't make any moves in the off season, but they've improved they've done they've done well they've they've really stepped up and and done well the Spurs, which we're gonna talk with Jeff Garcia a little later about the Spurs. And their' run the clippers to been the most surprising to me out West. What's your thoughts on the Clippers and their chances this year? because they've got a team just full of guys that it's they don't really have a superstar. They have Lou Williams maybe their best player uh, depending on what you look at and you know he it's just been a wild season for the clippers they've They've done things quietly and they're they're playing very well at the right time right now.
2: Yeah, they're they're a team that has, like, six or seven guys that you would just love to have on your team. Like, they have Beverly, they have Harrell, they have Gallinari, they have Lou Williams. Like, it's just a very solid team throughout the entire way. It doesn't have a ton of weaknesses. It's not. It doesn't have a ton of, like, super strong strengths, but, you know, there's not too many holes in the team. It's really well coached. I think Doc Rivers... Definitely, at least deserves mention in the coach of the year discussion because he has done a fantastic job holding them together this year. Um, and I think they're a team that could sneakily uh, win a series. Like uh, I, I feel like they're going to be well prepared for whoever they play, um, and, and they're just they're going to you know find a way to take advantage of whatever the opponent is giving them. And, and even without any stars, they're going to be really competitive against whoever they face, I think, I think they've won 11 of their last 12 games or something along those lines. Like, they've been playing really well at the exact right time, right before the playoffs start. Um, and, you know, with that coaching staff, they're going to be ready for whoever they go against. So I, I, I think they're probably one of the scarier non-home court potential matchups in, in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they're 22 and 17 on the road this season, 23 and 13 at home, 9 and 1 in their last 10, and they've won six in a row. So the Clippers are playing great basketball right now. And honestly, there's a possibility, uh, depending on how the regular season ends, they could actually hop up to the four or to the three because uh, they're only two games back of third and fourth, which is Portland and Houston, with Nurkic going down. Portland could easily free fall here. Portland could actually, with that loss, they could end up all the way down to seven or eight. So that loss could be huge for Portland.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to fall that much, or the Clippers to come up that much. But you know, there's always there there is a real chance of that happening. I don't know if the Clippers really want that. I mean, I guess home court would be nice, but. At the same time, it might be well worth it just to get their guys some rest and not really push them further than they have to for something that, that isn't super likely to happen. But if they if they keep playing well, you know, maybe they can steal some rest games for their guys and still sneak into somehow getting home court or, or the 5 or yeah. at least. And
0: well, it, it doesn't knows? look good. They're a good team. So it wouldn't ha- I don't think it will happen, though, Um depending on what's going on. But Portland right now is leading Chicago, headed to halftime. It's 47-32, and that's not really a a big surprise. The Bulls are kind of shorthanded. They're not playing Levine. They're not playing Wendell Carter. Um, They're just kind of coasting to the end of the season, trying to get that good draft pick. Portland, though, they have a reason to win uh, tonight for sure. So we'll see what happens as the season goes along. But, Tim, do you have any more questions for Jacob? We've kept him probably too long here. I could
1: ask ask analytic questions forever, so we better let them go.
0: Yeah, so, Jacob, (laughs) thank you so much for jumping on with us and talking some hoops and analytics and NCAA tournament. I sent you a link on Twitter to join our second chance bracket if you're interested in getting in. You're more than welcome, so jump on with us. And I I love your analytics. I really do, and I've been using those since you posted them. And I'm going to try and – and stick more with your player impact plus minus than the real plus minus because I actually like yours better. That's just me.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. It is a lot of fun.
0: No problem. Won't you let our listeners know where they can find you and keep up with you?
2: Um, so everything I do, I post on Twitter at Jacob E. Goldstein. Um, any work or writing I do for uh, the B-Ball Index could be found at also on Twitter, at the underscore B-Ball underscore index, or just by Googling it, it'll, it'll be the first one that comes up. And Just excited to get to the end of the year, get through March Madness, get the playoffs going. A lot happening in the next three, four weeks. It's, it's a great time for basketball.
0: Oh, absolutely. Plus the draft not far away. The NFL draft's right around the corner if you're an NFL fan. A lot of stuff going on here soon, so we're looking forward to it. And we we want to have you back here probably as we get closer to uh, the end of the playoffs, maybe in the off season, talk a little bit more about your analytics and talk about uh, some more stuff with you.
2: Sounds great to me.
0: Awesome, thanks Love again, you. Jacob. We really appreciate your time.
2: Thanks, guys. Have a good one.
0: And that was Jacob Goldstein, Tim. I think Jacob does a great job with his analytics and I enjoy his work that he does over there at b-ball index. It's great, great stuff over I gotta there. I got
1: to tell you, this is probably something a lot of people really don't know about me. Math nerd. Love those deep, <laughs> love those deep analytics that you almost hurt your head. But when you actually look at the final product and you go, okay, that makes total sense. And it's yeah. totally, it's not so much that it's indisputable, but it, but it's a lot harder to argue, you know, no, the number is this, man. He, This is what happens as opposed to the optics like we were talking about briefly where, you know, uh, a lot of guys get a lot of love, and I don't want to pick on anybody. But uh, when they don't really, the numbers don't really add up. It's not that they're horrible players, but they're not really as good as the hype. Let's put it yeah. that way. And, and probably to be quite honest, probably the other way around too, where you know just because you don't throw up sixty-two threes in a night doesn't mean that you're not doing something or providing something to the to the team that is a positive.
0: Yeah, and you if know, scoring,
1: you're scoring, scoring is king, right? Everybody loves the yeah. guy who gets the point, You know, gets the points Absolutely. and the rebounds. That, that's all anybody cares about. And there's a lot more to the game than – the I mean, that's only half the game. So Yeah,
0: it is. And and I just tweeted out – I just shared Jacob's uh, qualifying player for each team in both player impact plus, minus, and wins added. You can go check that out. I just shared it on our Wide Mean Can't Jump Twitter page. So check that out. And, and look, look at what he's come up with. And if you're a diehard Hoops fan, I honestly believe – You'll look at it and go, you know, that makes perfect sense because every player he's got on here is a player that I'm just like, you know, I can see that. And if you look at the numbers that he's got and the wins added with each team and why this player makes this team better, it makes a lot of sense. And those numbers add up. And I really, I like that system. Well, and I it's really well, yeah, do. I mean,
1: it's, it's very hard. And it's something, I mean, I'm not against a passionate fan. Who, and I'll just use LeBron because it's just an easy one to use. Mm-hmm. But think, you know, Le- LeBron can do no wrong. Everything LeBron does is wonderful. It's always positive. And if the Lakers don't win, or the Cavaliers in years gone by, or the Heat, or whoever, you know, it was it was not LeBron's fault. Okay, numbers will tell you something different. Yes, LeBron right. did many. LeBron did many good things during the course of that game. He also did some bad stuff <laughs> or, you know, don't, wasn't getting the job done in other ways. And it, I think it would really enhance a lot of people's like of the game if they dug a little deeper. You know, you don't have to be a total stats nerd where you're ripping out, you know, all, you know, that guy had the, that's the fastest seven points on a Tuesday in a game after 8 o'clock, you know, those kind of stats. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, but you get guys like that that can tell you that stuff. And that's all cool, too. But, I mean, it doesn't really tell you anything about the game. But knowing that, you know, okay, there's five guys out on the court. And it takes, you know, it takes all of them to to really to win. One guy doesn't do it by himself like you would swear is a fact when you watch the highlights on ESPN. Well, well, the Rockets won 132 to 128. And here's the highlights of James Harden's 73 free-throw attempts or three-shot attempts, and you don't see anything else in the game. They Very rarely do they show you much else because that's what's sexy and sells. But if you really like the game, which for a newbie like myself, where I'm not – I mean, I've watched basketball for years, but I've never really been a diehard fan. I'm slowly Mm -hmm. starting to become one because I'm embracing the other areas of the game, which are not the popular areas of the game. And the stats yeah, but,
0: really help you do that. Oh, there's so many stats out there that – especially for ba- people with, that love basketball. I mean, basketball is almost eclipsing baseball in terms of the statistical analysis that can be done with it and, and things that you can do. But basketball has really turned into a, a stat kind of game. But sometimes you feel like you get the wrong stats and depending on who you ask. And if you ever get the wrong stats from the wrong people – we know someone who you can reach out to, and make sure that never happens again. Do you like that? That was what we like to call a uh, segue. And we want you to check okay. out. <laughs> we want you to go call our good friend and sponsor, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service. Whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1 800 203 9169. Stephen P. New Answers to Your Legal Questions. Again, thanks to our great sponsor. The Law Offices of Stephen P. New. I love you, Stephen P. New. We all love Stephen P. In,
1: in a purely... In, uh, what's the word? Um,
0: just friends. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean like heterosexual?
1: No, no, just a, a plutonic. Is that the word? Plutonic,
0: okay. Strictly plutonic got you. sense. There we go. Well, Tim, the the title of this episode we did talk a little bit NCAA tournament. We'll probably go back to that soon, but the NBA playoffs are getting closer. One issue that I'm starting to see right now is, and you brought this up, there are a lot of injuries going down in the, in the end, excuse me, in the in the NBA right now. We talked about there Nurkic. Seems, Nurkic is going down. What is it? I
1: said there seems to be. A lot of guys seem to be falling for, and, and badly, not just Knicks. A couple guys are done.
0: Yeah, uh, we've got Nurkic goes down with the injury. Uh, Pau Gasol is expected to miss a month with a left ankle injury. And Malcolm Brogdon is out for the rest of the, the regular season. Uh, Nikola Miracic is out for the regular season. Those are all the Bucks that are out right now. Brogdon, Miracic, and Gasol, at least for the regular season. Brogdon, we know, is out for the first round of the playoffs. Then the other day, Kelly Oubre, Jr., his season is over with a thumb procedure as he's heading into restricted free agency on the best stretch of his career. And just kind of looking around here at some of the sure. other news that we've been seeing, Dante Divincenzo for the Bucks is also out for the season. Just the Bucks are taking a beating right now, but yet they keep winning. They they're they're not at full strength, and they keep, keep winning.
2: So Jeez, yeah, I mean a... that's what
0: it seems. It uh, just seems to be what
1: holidays out for the rest of the year, though that's the pelicans, but still you know big name
0: yeah
1: who's who's gone um there was another one from somewhere I can't remember I mean the Lakers have got a whole pile of guys hurt, not that they're in the playoffs, but it's been a rough uh, go the last while it seems that uh, and that some of the some of those injuries are gonna be um they're gonna have impact some uh oh, I, playoffs. Absolutely. And particularly, I would say that the, the uh, Portland, that one is a real, that could change that whole, whoever gets to play them probably feels a lot better about it now than they did before.
0: CJ McCollum, uh, he ended up with a strained left knee. He will return. So good news there um, on for the Trailblazers as they didn't lose him for a long time, but he – Went down with an injury. Brandon Ingram had to have a blood clot removed, and he's out for the rest of the year. So Ingram is down. There's well, it's been, it It, seemed...
1: it goes. Go and then it goes larger than that because, of course, now you've got now they're to start to shuffle, right? Now you got guys who are either not used to playing in that spot or not used uh-huh. to playing in it for very long, who now suddenly have got to give big minutes because they don't have any choice or or by. You know, you can try to do it by committee sometimes, depending on, you know, who it is. But like, who's who's taking Nurkic's place in Portland? Who's going to take that spot?
0: Exactly. And and there's really not him? a lot. I mean, no, they have gonna, they have Zach Collins. They have Zach Collins yeah, I mean, Myers, can, Leonard. They can
1: go. They can go in there for a few. I mean, they go in there for a few minutes all the time. But they're not going to play if they're going to play him. Zach Collins plays his minutes. Portland is in trouble. Yeah. Unless they really pick it up somewhere else, I suppose. But, and again, of course, in the playoffs, a good team is going to, well, I mean, it's not a secret already. You're going to try to take advantage of that, right? I mean, you're going to try to do everything you can to to uh, hobble them that way. So, it, it's going to be good, Nate. It's going to be good.
0: It's going to be interesting as we approach the playoffs, and that's going to be fun uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what these teams have to offer, especially like the with the Blazers having their injuries. The Bucks first round is going to be a little bit tougher than what people think, I believe. I really well, are
1: there, do. Are there going to be any regular season uh, winners who turn out to be pretenders? And are some of the old guard, uh, like the Celtics, the Hawks, or the Rockets, sorry, not the Hawks. The Rockets, uh, San Antonio, even o- even Oklahoma, who are just, you know, they're in the playoffs mm, barely, but they're there. Are they suddenly going to become, okay, out come the vets? Because <laughs> they know what it takes to win. Um, there's at least one every year, and that's always it's always interesting to see who who folds up their tent because the playoffs is a whole new, it's a whole new baby compared to the regular season.
0: Yeah, I mean that's true, and the playoffs is a different animal. You're not playing any back to backs, but I mean it's a lot of travel. And you're playing the same team night in and night out. Give it a, There's just di- different ways of doing things. I mean,
1: when you, if you had to go out, if two good teams play each other and one team has a glaring, or maybe not a glaring, but but one team discovers that a team has a soft spot. Okay, well, game two, you can be rest assured they're going to pound at that soft spot. Then it's up to the other team to try to shift or make up for that soft spot or hide it or, or, or whatever. You know, there's a lot more chess piece moving going on in a playoff series than there is during the regular season where you play one team. And by the time you maybe figure out uh, what it is that you need to beat them or, or whatever, the game's just about over and you don't see them for two weeks or whatever it might be. Whereas in the playoffs, like I said, you can be sure if you've got a weakness or show one, the other team will try to exploit it ASAP and you better deal with that problem or you're going to lose. So that's that simple.
0: Yeah. Definitely. There's a coaching comes into it a lot more in the playoffs
1: too. Having having a good coach is a lot more important in the playoffs.
0: I agree. I agree. But some things, you know, we wait for them all year, and the playoffs being one of them. But some things and good things come to those who wait because it's time. Bush Bush (laughs) right. (laughs) bush league that's right
1: <laughs> oh whoa, whoa, bush league right bush
0: league yeah <laughs> I, got, but I was back, back
1: at studio <laughs> i was back at studio whatever it is back at discoing i'm so old good god anyway
0: but it's time for bush league tim There was no Bush League last week. Oh, there's Bush League this week, my friend. We would never leave you hanging. (laughs)
1: There's Bush everywhere this week,
0: folks. Uh, So much Bush. So much Bush. But let's go ahead and take a look. Tim, fire up your Twitter. Jump over to the Wide Men Can't Jump page. We've got three hot Bush League championship nominees for this week. So get there.
1: Let me know when you're ready. I am ready. I have a
0: uh, Let's start with the right. bottom here. Mike Scott, the man understands the proper hydration, they say. He saves a ball when he goes out of bounds, lands in the second row and then he takes a drink of the woman's mm-hmm. the woman's drink yeah, in the I'm second row. And you're roll us. <laughs> he took and got a nice sip. And well, you know man, what she I... had? Hey, I saw what she had in the drink. Scott, actually, I don't know if he Instagrammed it or tweeted it, but he put out what she was drinking. Jack Daniels straight. No ice. You really think
1: in this day and age that that's really that wise a thing to do?
0: (laughs) Maybe not, but, hey, she had some Jack. But, oh, gosh, drinking after someone and landing in the crowd in the second row. And and you're on the road. It wasn't even the home crowd. So, Mike Scott... That's got to be, I mean,
1: you know. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? I mean, that's just think Bush. if that's, that's the other way around and that's Philadelphia and it's uh, somebody going into the Philly crowd like that, they'd be lucky to come out without knife <laughs> he'd, wounds.
0: Be, he'd be lucky to make it out alive in the Philly crowd. But let's move on to our next nominee here on Bush League, Mo Harkless. Getting a little workout in here, if you see the play gets blown dead, and uh, some bonus from the Pacers throws one up just to try to <laughs> after the pistol. And Mo Harkless pulls himself up by the net with his foot, and he pulls him up, and uses now, his foot to block the shot.
1: My first question is: Is that a legal defensive move?
0: I don't I, honestly. I don't know.
1: <laughs> if it is. If it is, does Mo Harkless maybe probably should put that in his game?
0: I don't think you can do that. I think that would be using the the basket or the net to you're help not you. To, and I'm not sure that's either, but, but that's a, but that's
1: pretty that's a pretty athletic
0: move there. That is an athletic move, but he just uses that right foot, goes up over the rim Watch and blocks the there. shot. So that was pretty interesting. <laughs> but Come at on, the bud. end of the day, Mo Harkless, you know what that is. I mean, that, that is bush league. That's bush, bush league.
1: It was the other guy and, thinking he had white white privilege and could just throw that up and nobody would contest don't care, it? Don't God,
0: don't get, don't get in on that.
1: He thought nobody would it, contest it, Nate. He thought he had an easy easy swish <laughs> for the TV camera there. And Mo Harkless said, "The hell with that noise," and blasted that out of there with a beautiful big toe block. And finally, maybe, maybe Jacob the, can work that into his analytics. The big toe block, maybe,
0: maybe. But our next Bush League nominee, Lance Stevenson, driving, driving on Jeff Green and makes him get on skates. If you look closely, though, Lance did step on his foot. But oh my goodness, the bench goes insane as Jeff Green just stumbles all the way. Stevenson makes the shot. But the the funny part is the dance. Check out the dance after he does it, man, when you get it. Here's the dance. The jumper goes, like, and there it is. There's that dance. Like,
1: I mean, I, I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty cool because that was a pretty good move. I busted an ankle there, but then that that dance move looks like I don't know. You know, your older yeah, alcoholic, dance. your older alcoholic white uncle on Halloween or yeah.
0: something. Yeah, it looks like yeah. Uh, <laughs> looks oh, like God. something that. <laughs> Looks like something that the uh, senior class president would break out at the uh, prom after yeah, they spiked yeah, the punch. I mean, I'm sure
1: Lance Stevenson is capable of much better moves than that.
0: <laughs> <But>. <laughs> well, it was a good move. He did step on Jeff Green's foot. But I'll give him credit. The dance move, eh, but still not a big fan of the dance that's, move. So just for the dance move, you know what it is. Bush League. <laughs> that's yeah. Bush League. All right, Tim. Time to pick oh. up the winner.
1: I'm gonna have to say I, I like that the, the last one there, but I'm gonna have to say the the first one really that really is League to go into the opposing crowd and take a seat yeah. on some glass that you don't even know. And, <laughs> I mean, and look at her; she's like like she's like a, she's so red. He had to, I bet you that's why he did it. I bet you he landed <laughs> Probably. on Probably smell of booze, and she looks totally red. <laughs> I mean,
0: he did. So, Mike Scott, yeah, you're this Mike Scott, Mike's you're uh, this week's winner of Bush League. We will send you, sir, coming to you in the mail, a free supply of chapstick coming your way because you never know what you're uh, going to drink in those cracks. So, chapstick for Mike Scott. Reading, uh, and we will in also include a, bonus, we, we will, we will <laughs> include a bonus gift, a year supply of calendars. That's right, one calendar for Mike Scott, a year supply. So that's Bush League for this week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the, the day Bush, I,
3: Bush
0: league. league. You're starting to dig that song, ain't you? Yeah,
1: duly noted that that calendar, the day, the, the days are right, but the numbers are wrong. Nah, <laughs> it's from 2014. <laughs>
0: I heard that one time on a TV show, and I said, you want a year supply of calendars, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just thought that was the funniest thing.
1: That's right up there with, the, you know, the blo- broken clock is right twice a day. Very uh, true.
0: Yeah, I like Very it. true. But, but, Tim, you know, we talk about in this day and age, we've talked about the Spurs, and we've talked about them today a little bit. And, and we I've been surprised by how good the Spurs have been this season. They've done a great job. Uh, especially with what all they've lost and what all they've had to rebuild from, and there's just God some damn. glaring st- statistics out there. The
1: coach is there. a wizard,
0: Nate. I, I agree, and it's simple. I think I think he could easily win Coach of the Year this year. It's a great possibility, if you ask you me. Know. But
1: lay this talk- on you. I'm gonna lay go this ahead. on you before your intro. You think okay. about this while we while we while we do go to this next interview. Okay. Uh, the Spurs coach. With Danny Ainge as their general manager. How frightening. Unbeatable. That, how frightening that combo would be. And Jeff Garcia, is this like a San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Jeff Garcia?
0: Uh, you make that joke every time. <laughs> but no, <laughs> and Popovich enough. with Popovich with Danny Ainge. I don't think that I they can I don't think they could, can think they get along. What is it? I, they don't need to. Hate
1: on each other. <laughs> what player do you want? I just made a trade for eight more guys just like him and
0: him. <laughs> what, did we, what, did we, what,
1: what did we give up? Nothing.
0: <laughs> a watching machine. Water,
1: water bottles, tape, and an ice machine.
0: <laughs> well, that kind of wizardry has made the Spurs one of the small franchises that people aspire oh, yeah. to be. If I you're a small marketer.
1: I've got you. Is this Jeff Jeff Garcia, star quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders?
0: Oh dear God! He played in Canada. No, he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. So oh, and God. the Philadelphia oh, okay. Eagles. I will
1: not. I will not uh, take the reporting Jeff Garcia and drag him to those depths.
0: <laughs> you bastard! But <laughs> our man Jeff Garcia from San Antonio like News Channel Four, Jeff the sports. He's a good
1: guy. He knows what he's talking about. Let's roll that tape, man.
0: He does. And the Project Spurs, and he jumped on with me earlier this week. We talked some San Antonio Spurs, and we're going to go to that now, right after we hear our good friends at com. Roll that tape, are you sick of the boring same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content well now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com c-a-m-b-a-e dot when you're on cambay whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips be sure to join right now and use promo code wide to get 20 free credits on cambay.com use those credits To go towards whatever your fantasy is. And make sure that you know CamBay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's CamBay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join CamBay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMEN and get your free credits. Well, joining me here on Wide Man Can't Jump is our Spurs expert, one of our favorite guests to have on the show. He is a former ESPN San Antonio consultant. You name it, he's done it. He's on News for <laughs> San Antonio. Lead Spurs digital journalist, Jeff Garcia. What's up, Jeff? Nothing
3: much, buddy. And by the way, every time I hear your name of your show, Wide Man Can't Jump, I just think that is just genius. So creative. Oh, well-
0: Thank you. That that name came uh, in a last-minute, just barrage. We were trying to think <laughs> of a name for the show, for those that don't know this. Uh, we were trying to think of a name. We could not come up with a name. And my co-host, TR, at the time said, man, I wish we could come up with something like, you know, fat guys can't jump or score <laughs> or yada yada. And I was like, because me and him are both over, like, he, he's close to 300 pounds. And he's like six foot th- two or three. I'm six foot five, 350 pounds. So, um, <laughs> I just said, why men can't jump <laughs> and it stuck and we went with it. So it's, it's been a fun exactly. ride though, but it, it's so well over. now.
3: Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I think it's just very unique, very catchy. And you did a bang up job. Well, you and your well, partner you. there.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. And our boy, Tim up North in Canada, he does a great job. Also, uh uh, over 200 200 pound guy himself so we're all big dudes but it it fits (laughs) and we love it but uh let's go ahead I know you got some limited time here we're going to talk a little San Antonio Spurs um a team that I counted out here we sit almost uh playoff time and it looks like the Spurs are gonna are gonna make the playoffs this year Jeff it's kind of surprising if you ask me what do you think about that?
3: You know, it's a little surprising considering the roster overhaul the uh, Spurs uh, went through in the uh, offseason, well, this past off season. When you lose a guy like Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Anderson, you lose DeJounte Murray to an injury, you're going to put the point guard reins in the hands of a second-year pro who's never been tested. And then for the team to be in the position they are now, and especially coming off that horrific rodeo trip going 1-7, I would have said that's it, season's over. You know, the the 20-plus uh, postseason appearance is done. You know, Spurs are back in rebuild mode 100%. Nope. Whatever happened after that rodeo trip, something clicked, and it started at home in Detroit. And from that point on, uh, they've just been gangbusters. Yes, they dropped one to Miami uh, but at home, but since then, you, you know, you look at what they are done in their body of work, beating Golden State, beating Oklahoma City, beating Denver, beating Portland, uh, doing something rare that they haven't done this season, winning on the road at Atlanta, at Dallas, at Boston. Uh, The Spurs are rounding into form. Now, look, I I temper that by by saying this, and I'm not the only one that's saying this. Following the uh, Spurs win at Boston yesterday, um, I talked to DeMar DeRozan, and Mm -hmm. he said, well, that he just likes the projection the team is going I like that. That tells me this Spurs team is not sitting uh, on their butts and just saying, okay, we got this. No, they they still feel there's still more work to be done. And I like that coming out of a Spurs team. But he had, you had told me going one and seven in the rodeo trip, getting beat by 30-plus points or more to start the season. Yeah, remember that. Spurs were getting waxed plenty of times in the first half of the regular season that they would oh, be yeah. in the position they are now, I would have said, no, forget it. I don't, I don't believe you. But I think at the end of the day, this simply goes down to a testament to Popovich. Believing in the system, the system finally getting root in this new generation of Spurs. Well, Marcus Aldridge recently said, following the win at Boston, that this is a new Spurs way with new players. And I think that was needed, just patience. Popovich stretched, stressed that after the uh, win – I'm sorry, before the uh, game versus Boston and just said, hey, you know what, patience is in order, and that patience is paying off.
0: Yeah, and the Spurs actually have the fourth-best record at home this year. Actually. Now, I take yeah. that back. Third-best record at home this season. Uh, Milwaukee's 30-6 at home, as is Denver and then it is San Antonio, 29-8 and eight at home. No other team in the league yeah. has a home record like that. They have struggled on the road, the 1-7 and seven rodeo trip, but the last 10 games, mm-hmm. they are 8-2 and two in their last 10. And, and I'm going to throw a stat at you there. I don't know if anybody saw this. Um, this popped up on, I believe, Twitter, and it stunned me. Uh, have you seen the fewest days with a losing record since 1997-1998? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. Uh, yes, I have. For those... For those for those that haven't, the fewest days with a losing record since 97-98 season will go they go this way. Utah Jazz 1101, the Portland Trail Blazers 1044, the Dallas Mavericks 1027 and the Houston Rockets 1007, and then the top of the list, fewest days <laughs> without a losing with a losing record, San Antonio 65 days. With a losing 65K. record since 1997-1998. That, that is insane.
3: I mean, what more do you need to say uh, to credit the organization? As much as the players get full credit, and they rightfully so, they're the ones that got to it on the court. Uh, you know, Duncan, Robinson, Ginobili, Parker, those guys. And now you fast forward to today, Aldridge, DeMar, White, these guys got to implement that. But at the end of the day, there's one stabilizing factor, and that is Greg Popovich. That ability that he has to not only uh, rally the troops, so to speak, and get them on the same page, is is now, as much as, yeah, this week, uh, Mana Ginobili is going to be closing the final chapter in his NBA career with his jersey retirement. We all know Duncan is well off in retirement, and Parker is out in, in, in Charlotte. I think at the end of the day, the biggest retirement would be Popovich. I think that would be the biggest effect on the franchise once he decides to hang it up. Now, he does have one more year on his contract, which is current, mm-hmm. the current year that he's in right now. He's never He has not said anything about, you know, thinking about retirement at all. But when that day comes, right next to Tim Duncan, as far as losing personnel, and then at that point, they will be rebuilding. You can never replace a Tim Duncan. You're never going to replace a, a Popovich. And that is going to be the final hurdle the organization is going to have to try to overcome once that day comes. Now, they've got good talent on that coaching staff, uh, Hammond, Udoka, Messina. One of those are probably going to get it unless they go elsewhere. But barring that mm-hmm. – uh, losing Popovich would be the biggest uh, blow to the Spurs organization, right next to Duncan and Robinson. So, um, but yeah, I mean, sixty-five days is ridiculous. What they got twenty plus yeah. postseason appearances on the line. Uh, they, they, they can make they can tie the record if they make it, which they are uh, this season. So, my goodness, um, as they say, never count out the Spurs. We did. I know. I did early, and
0: I, I, I really did. look silly now. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Sometimes I, I'm sure you're sitting around going, man, it feels good to be wrong. But, yeah. you know, the Spurs, the Spurs right now, it looks like they're going to get in the playoffs. They are six and a half games ahead of Sacramento. Season's winding down. I'm sure they're going to clinch their But they are a full game back of the fifth seed. Right now, the mm-hmm. way the playoffs are setting, the Clippers are the five, the Thunder are the six, the Jazz are the seven, the Spurs are the eight. And I'll tell you this much, they're only seven and a half back from first. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a possibility, with a little help, if the Spurs go on a tear, they can get as high as three um, in the West. The West is still wide open seating-wise. So where do you realistically see the Spurs ending up at the end of this uh, season? And who do you think the Spurs would match up well against in the playoffs who who's a team that that would be like man we really don't want to see that san antonio team come playoff time
3: uh you know obviously the uh, the the warriors that's one of the teams that the spurs have to avoid uh despite the fact they beat them in san antonio recently uh, to go into their gym because they will have home court advantage and try to beat them four out of right. seven No, nah, i that, that that's going to be difficult for san antonio now Versus Denver, versus OKC, versus the Blazers, and dare I say even the Rockets, even the Rockets. Despite the fact that they got, you know, wiped out up in Houston, they were still in that game till the bitter end. It was a, it was a few questionable calls uh, that doomed San Antonio in the fourth quarter. Uh, despite the fact that Harden had sixty-one points, a career high, the Spurs were still within striking distance, no less than five points, even with Harden uh, being Harden and, and scoring the bucket at will. So any team outside of the Warriors, I think the Spurs will match up well against. They'll have a good puncher's chance against. Barring that, uh, I think the Spurs, best-case scenario, four seed. Worst-case scenario, six or seven. Uh, I, they have to avoid that eight seed. They don't want to get stuck there. Um, you know, I'm of, the, I'm of the opinion of get seven. So maybe you get seven or six, you can get – a Denver or a a OKC if they cannot get to the four seed. But obviously, the four seed home court advantage will be critical. Why? Because the Spurs, you mentioned it, have one of the best home records in the league. That is a big reason why they rattled off in nine straight games because the majority of those games were at home. Something about Mm -hmm. home cooking does them well, and I think they will need that in the postseason. But outside of that, yeah, best-case scenario, fourth, worst-case scenario, seventh.
0: Yeah, and I think I think a matchup that would favor them would be Portland with Portland's outside. To, to me, Portland mm-hmm. is Golden State light, and Portland is not built to play a team like San Antonio who have guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and, mm-hmm. and, and guys like that. San Antonio just always seems to find players, and they've got a player on their team who, when I'm watching as a Wolves fan, he just he just kills me every time I see him shoot because I know it's going in. And that's Davis Bertans. This guy, mm-hmm. not Mr. Consistency, but it just seems like when they need a big basket, he's there. 6'10", yeah. can shoot from the outside, doesn't average many points per game, but it just seems like he's always in the right place at the right time. Kind of reminds you of a Matt ball, Antonio. Just kick the ball to him on the outside, and he's going to knock it down. It just seems like what he does. Yeah,
3: look, uh, DeMar DeRozan said uh, after the uh, win over Boston that even if Bertans is over 100, he would still feed him that ball on the the perimeter knowing that this guy can get hot in an instant. Uh, DeMar said it could be that 101 three-point make that will get him going. That's how how much he's a big uh, cog in the Spurs machine uh, this season. You add the fact, too, that he's very sneaky athletic. Don't let that slim, fast Greg Monroe. He he got in a fight with uh, Berton's rookie season. So uh, he's uh, he's tough as nails, and, you know, he's developed so much, uh, you know, so credit to him. But all in all, you look at the Spurs team, and outside of LaMarcus and DeMar, it's really been a lot of balance this season. That's what I want to look at, a lot of balance. You will see a uh, you know, consistent Bellinelli knockdown three point shots. And not surprised to see him scoring double figures at the end of the game this entire season. Same for Bertrands. Same for Bryn Forbes. Same for Patty Mills. Jakob Purtle has really turned it up ever since that he's been inserted into the starting lineup after the Spurs uh, parted ways with Pal Gasol. So that pairing of Lamarcus and, and Purtle has been beneficial. It's allowed Lamarcus to be LaMarcus Aldridge that we saw in Portland and not having to worry about Manny the five spot because that's what Purtle is now doing. Uh, You look at Derek White, who was put in the fire, had to be that point guard because the Spurs didn't have one. Outside of him, Murray gets hurt. Then you're going to rely on DeMar DeRozan and Brent Forbes, who have been doing a serviceable job, but they're not point guards. And he's now commanding the respect of veterans. DeMar DeRozan said it. LaMarcus Aldridge said he has their respect. This team is just shocking to me to see how much they've turned things around at the right moment, the stretch run. They're clicking at the right time. That's what makes San Antonio so deadly.
0: Yeah, and they really are and they're they're a dangerous team and I didn't think they would make it this year but they've done a great job rebounding and just putting it together and mm. I'll just ask you one more question here because I know your time is limited. Yeah. Uh, no, you're And I'll good. let you go. Um, for the Spurs, after, you know, you talked about Gasol leaving, and uh, I thought that would hurt them more than it has. But mm-hmm. who, Rosen and Aldridge, who's got to step up and be that third guy that they can turn to? I know it kind of changes every night, but who needs to be more yeah, consistent, especially for the playoffs? Who's going to be that guy they need to lean on?
3: You know, I would have to say Rudy Gay. I think Rudy Gay gets lost in this shuffle. You know, you look at White, and he deserves a big pat on the back, and obviously LaMarcus and DeMar, they can make get a lot of attention. But I think Rudy Gay has to be that X factor for the Spurs. And has of out of, the, of the, uh, the calendar year due to his several injuries. But he needs to just be consistently healthy. I think that's the key, be consistently healthy. Um, whether it be his right heel or his foot, you know, there's always something. And if they can get a healthy Rudy Gay at 100%, because this Spurs team sometimes can use what he brings that no other member on the team has. No other, team, no other member on the, on the Spurs current roster can find his own shot, defend in that, that position, uh, has a lane. Um, can be, uh, you know, and I think they'll be fine. A close second to me, and I think you already nailed it on the head, it was Davis Bertan. If he can be just a little bit more consistent from the three-point shot, I think the Spurs would do well. It's still a, a wonder why the NBA did not invite him to the all-star three-point shootout when he was, the, at that time, the number one three-point percentage player in the league, but yet they did not invite him, which he took a stride. But nevertheless, they stacked, they, it for, they stacked
0: it for Joe Harris. It was a stacked job for Joe Harris. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
3: But um, they get some production out of uh, Berton's. I think the Spurs will be sitting pretty. And I think, you know, if we do talk again in the postseason, uh, I think we should not be surprised if we say, well, the Spurs are now in the second round. I I don't think that would surprise anybody. I don't think it should if they were to come out and upset a, a Blazers or a Nuggets team.
0: It, it absolutely wouldn't shock me, and with Whoa. the West this season, there's been consistently about 10 teams, 10 to 11 teams, that I could have saw making the playoffs this year. Uh B won. I thought the Lakers had an outside shot there for a while. If Maybe if LeBron stays healthy, they make it. The West is just – every year we talk about the East has improved and it's improved, but, mm-hmm. man, the West just gets better and better and better because now you I got know. teams like Memphis. Who are playing well, um, and there's just so many teams that have improved, and even the Phoenix Suns are doing better. I mean, this yeah, is not, and the Dallas this, Mavericks too. They beat the Warriors. Yeah, the Mavericks, uh, and look at the Atlanta Hawks in the East. Another team that's yeah. gotten better, and you know, it's it's just mind-boggling. The the league in, in basically outside of uh, Cleveland and New York, the league has gotten so much better. Um over the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Chicago's done decent. But San Antonio, they're just that consistent team. They're always there, and I think Pop has a lot to do with that. Do you think Pop should be Coach of the Year this year? Because if I had to pick right now, it would be between him and Nate McMillan in Indiana. You know, what? if uh, he
3: doesn't get a considerable healthy amount of of votes, I'd be uh, very shocked. Uh, But, no, I think, uh, you know, he does definitely deserve some recognition uh, for what he's able to cobble together. After losing a top-tier guy like Kawhi Leonard, I mean, come on. That is just uh, yeah.
0: ridiculous, you know, what he's done. And then losing but, your starting point guard for the year. Yeah, so, exactly. I
3: mean.
0: uh, yeah, I would also put Nick
3: Nurse in that, um, in that, uh, in that uh, pile there as well out in Toronto. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this, this, this team, just when you think they're dead in the water – just like uh, Jason, they come back and out of a grave and be like,
0: "Back!" <laughs> so, can we please Photoshop a Popovich face on a Jason Voorhees body? Can we make that happen yeah, somehow?
3: Yeah, we've somebody's got somebody to, to make that for us.
0: Oh gosh, we need to do that in a bad way because it's perfect. Uh, another coach that I think Mike Budenholzer is going to get some votes as well up in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah he but will. yeah, I, honestly, I believe Popovich deserves a lot of votes because. Here's a team that lost its starting point guard, traded away its biggest star. They got rid of their mm-hmm. veteran in Pau Gasol halfway through the year. And here they are with a chance to, mm-hmm. to really squeeze in and even grab a four seed in the playoffs. So uh, I do I do wish them the best of luck. And, Jeff, I do thank you for jumping on. I'm sorry if I kept you too long. I just know no, when you start problem. talking you're, basketball. You're good. You're good. I always uh, how enjoy talking ball with you. How's your? Bra- oh, how's I didn't bracket do one.
3: Th- I, I, I I did not do one this year for the first time in a long time, frankly because I just got busy. I was traveling with the Spurs during the roadie road trip, uh, at least for a few games—the uh, New York, uh, Brooklyn, and Boston—and uh, uh, next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I forgot to do a bracket. But I heard a, heard like always, a lot of brackets are already were busted up on day one, so not I surprised. I think there's.
0: Uh... According to according to what I read today across all platforms, whether it be Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, March Madness apps, mm-hmm. whatever, there's one perfect bracket left. Damn! But damn, damn, Yeah, damn. And millions. Million. I know mine. shot. My fiance yeah. who doesn't who doesn't really watch basketball that much. Uh, she's doing great in her. <laughs> really? her she's skin. still surviving. She's doing, oh, wow. She's one of the top in our. One of the top in our pool right now. We've got one going on. So she's doing great. Uh it's okay, usually the then. people that have no clue, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly it's only the one that has no idea. Every single year. And I'm trying to <laughs> make a comeback here to win, but it's gonna be tough. But Jeff, thanks again for coming on and we do want to get you back around playoff time once the Spurs get a series oh, going. I want to talk to you again, mm-hmm. and uh, once you let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah,
3: yeah you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone, or go to the Spurs Zone over at News Four San Antonio Fox twenty nine sanantoniocom Everything that you need to know about the silver and black—it's there—from Lamarcus Aldridge talking about how beneficial he's uh, been seeing the team benefit from Purdy and him starting, to even Tim Duncan and the crazy adventures that he's having in his retirement. Let's just put it yeah, this way. Kickboxing. I had no idea. Well, that and I just recently found out that he goes by the name of Sasquatch. He has a pseudonym. <laughs> and I found out. <laughs> Go find out why he calls himself Sasquatch. It's at the Spursville uh, Sports wanna... San Antonio, 529sanantonio.com.
0: Yeah, I, I want to see this. I have to go check this out. So I will be doing that as soon as we get done here. Thank you so much, yeah. Jeff, for getting on with us. And, no problem, uh, buddy. If I ever out, in, if I ever come out to Texas uh, during NBA season, me and you are gonna have to hit up a game, for sure. Hell
3: yeah, you count me in. Count me in.
0: All right. Thanks again. We'll right. get you back on come playoff time, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that was my conversation with Jeff Garcia, talking a little Spurs. Tim, you still with me, man? I'm back. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Back in the saddle again.
0: Yeah. And I I will say this. I did find out why Tim Duncan calls himself Sasquatch.
1: Mm, Is it the obvious reason?
0: No. He's actually a avid outdoor hunter and likes to be in the outdoors and camouflages himself so he calls himself Sasquatch well I see so yeah that's why well now there's
1: a, there's a graphic visual for you Tim Duncan versus a Wolverine <laughs> very, and, would be very interesting
0: yeah I mean that would be fun to see Tim Duncan out fighting with a big blurry monster that is our very own Tim Duncan, ladies and gentlemen. Gotta love him. yeah, that's, All that's right. interesting. All right. Well, Tim, we are nearing the end of the show. We've got about fifteen minutes left. Let's go ahead and your favorite segment. I need a year and I need a pick. As we are going draft pick, flashback.
1: So okay, let's 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 reach back uh Let's, let's reach back a little further this this time around. Um, let's go out of the let's go into the 1900s. Let's go to 1995. 1995, okay. Let's go to 1995, and um, let's make it pick number 14.
0: Pick 14 in 1995. All and right, we no get cool there. Well, we're gonna find out who it is. All right, so here's some of the notable names that year. We have the first pick of that year was Joe Smith.
1: <laughs> How bizarre that's him was
0: in Toronto. What a what a. What it was the number that. two pick that year, Antonio McDice. The number three pick that year by the Philadelphia 76ers, Jerry Stackhouse. The oh, fourth girl, pick was was. Rasheed Wallace, also from North Carolina. North Carolina. <laughs> then there was some kid in 95 who came out uh, and was drafted straight out of high school. You may have heard of him. Kevin Garnett some, goes number some, five. Some upstart wannabe. <laughs> uh, going through here. Bryant Reeves, six. Damon Stoudemire, seven. Sean Respert, eight. Ed O'Bannon, nine. Kurt Thomas goes 10th. Gary Trent, 11th, Cherokee Parks, 12th, Car- or Corliss Williamson, 13th. And then our pick, the Boston but, Celtics.
1: Before we, before we get to, to 14, just a quick note. Isn't Corliss Williamson, isn't he like kind of the 90s version of Zion Williamson, except that with less a little less fanfare and he never really panned out? So wasn't he supposed to be the big power forward beast then they call him, like, he has some kind of crazy, stupid nickname. Like, I don't remember. Big big something. Better than Big Country and Bryant Reeves. But I remember he was supposed to. <laughs> big yeah, I remember Country, he was, man. Yeah, he was Big Country, all right. A whole bunch of hot air, that guy. Uh, I just remember Cordis Williamson coming out of college and that he was just going to eat up the league and never it's never happened
0: for whatever reasons. Well, uh, Corliss Williamson was Big Nasty. Ah, okay, that's way better than Big Country. (laughs) Well, the 14th pick that year belonged to the Boston Celtics, and they took out of Providence a senior named Eric Williams. So Eric Williams went to Providence that year. He, let's see here. Was a white boy. I'm ball. trying to... He know he, uh, no, was not, actually. Oh,
1: are you sure? Am I I'm positive. Oh, I'm looking I'm right thinking, out here. I know, because I'm thinking of Eric Montross. That's who I'm thinking of. He was a white boy,
0: So, let's take a look at Eric Williams' stats here. And he had a career started 95. He actually played, Tim, believe it or not. He played all the way to 2006, 2007. Oh, hey, yeah.
1: He had a
0: pretty good long pretty, decent, pretty decent career then. The longevity was. He, nice long career, uh, career averages. This is the career averages. Eight point six points per game. He averaged one point four assists with three point three rebounds. And <clears throat> excuse me. He actually averaged thirty one percent shooting from three. So not a bad percentage from three, actually. And okay. If you're in the 30% range of three, back then, you're not doing too bad. He uh, started
1: at uh, Quahog College
0: in Rhode Island. Yeah, and transferred to Providence. His first few years in the league, his rookie season, he actually averaged 10.7 points per game. <laughs> that went, then
1: that, that went right by you, didn't
0: it? It did.
1: Oh, Qu- Quahog is where family guy is.
0: I don't watch Family Guy, so...
1: Quahog, uh, K- 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 Rhode Island, so when I said Cohog K- K- College, you just went, yeah. Yeah, see, I, I don't watch
0: Family Guys, <laughs> yeah, so that, okay. went, that definitely would well, okay. me. Okay, so
1: then, can you at least find that he that his high school was Malcolm X Shabazz? That's quite the handle. That is. Not to pick on uh, huh. black people or anything, but that's an interesting name for a school. Malcolm X It Files. is. I'm not sure, I, is that his real name? Does we have a history moment here?
0: Um, no, that wasn't his real name. I forget what his real name was, but it, it wasn't Malcolm X. But anyway. Okay.
1: All right, moving back to this
0: place. 10.7 points per game in his rookie year, which was pretty good for a rookie coming right out. Uh, He actually started six games that year. The next year he moves into the starting lineup, started 67 of 72 games that he played, averaged 15 points per game, along with 4.6 rebounds. Then he goes to the Nuggets, uh... Where with the Nuggets, I think he only played four games for the Nuggets, averaged 19.8 points per game in those four games with the Nuggets. So, had a very nice little run there at the end of the night, or in the 97 98 season for the Nuggets. But it may have been cut short by injury. Uh, I'm taking a look here. Yeah, he tore his anterior crusade ligament in his right knee. And that right there – and let, let's let just say that's all she wrote for him, really, because after that, Tim um, only there. gets back into double figures twice in the rest of his career in, in scoring. That injury really tore him down because he was tearing it up that year. He started off averaging almost 20 points per game. Uh, he got four games into the season, got hurt. The following season he returned and only played 38 of 82 regular season games before Denver uh, – and they sent him back to Boston with Danny Fortson and Eric Washington, plus a future draft pick in exchange for – here. We here's some names from the past. Ron Mercer,
1: no, Popeye no, no.
0: Jones, oh, I know and that. Dwayne – oh, yeah, Dwayne Sh- Schneidus, I believe is the name there. And in his second tenure no, with the no, no. Celtics, he was there four seasons until he was traded to the Cavs with Tony Battee, Kendrick Brown in a swap for Ricky Davis, Chris Mim – and Michael Stewart in a second round draft pick on December 15th in 2003. So he went goes to Cleveland, is a free agent after 50 games with the Cavs, signs with the New Jersey Nets, and he was a part of a blockbuster trade when the Nets sent him Aaron Williams, Alonzo Mourning and two future first round picks to the Raptors for Vince Carter. So that's what he was part of the trade that got Carter to the Nets. And here's a uh, – here's this. In 2005, he launched his own line of clothing honoring the fictional Negro Basketball League. So that's, that's an interesting little that's thing there. So. June 21st, 2006, he was traded to Matt Bonner, with Matt Bonner, and a second-round pick to San Antonio for Rosho Nestrovich and Cash February thirteenth, twenty seven, two thousand seven, he was traded along with a second round pick in the NBA draft to the Spurs that the Spurs got from the Raptors to the Bobcats for Melvin Eli. And he was waived by the Bobcats so they could sign Allen Anderson. He averages again eight point eight points, three point three rebounds, one point one point five assists for his career. So Tim, we're looking at a guy here who had a nice long career but was more so after he got injured, he, he basically became a, a bench guy, a role player. He may have been able to blossom into a superstar had he not gotten hurt.
1: Well, he's not not
0: the first one. No, no, definitely not. And that seems to be.
1: He, at least he managed to uh, to stick around and collect a paycheck for, well, quite a few years.
0: He did he did was a part it was kind of a journeyman there to, throughout uh had some decent games um here and there, but mostly was just one of those guys who was kind of off the bench, probably made decent money playing in the league but
1: well he uh i just looked it up he made uh, thirty one million dollars
0: I, I could handle that so, <laughs>
1: and that was uh when he two, that only goes down to two thousand. Uh, 3.8 for the Celtics 4.4 for the Celtics 5 million for the Celtics 5.5 for Cleveland 3.5 and 3.9 for Toronto And 4.2 at Charlotte So he was getting paid Fairly decent coin Uh, Yeah I mean maybe not by NBA standards But by anybody else's Um, Yeah Yeah. good,
0: good Good on him Not bad Not bad Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear something in the background, I have been joined in the room by my son, Cade. He's here with his mother. Now, now
1: don't don't help him. Okay. I'm I'm not doing right. anything. Cade. See? Get a sharp. Uh, what do Minnesota Timberwolves fans do when they finish watching their team win the NBA championship? Oh, they turn off their PlayStations. That is correct, kid.
0: <laughs> I will tell you this: I hate you uh, with everything in me.
1: That is <laughs> no, that was pretty what a, good. What a smart son you have, Nate.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> now he's uh he's up here. Apparently, he got a little little sick on his clothes, so his mom's changing his clothes uh, right now.
1: So. Okay, well, here I got one more for him.
0: Okay, go All ahead. Right.
1: Why do the Minnesota Timberwolves not have a website? Uh, they can't put three W's together. <laughs> oh my God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one.
1: I, I well, okay, I like that one too.
0: <laughs> he did. He did. He's Boy, he's, he's a good, good guy, kid. kid. He's gonna.
1: Yeah, he. It won't be long. We're gonna need a cub reporter take over uh, Robinson's
0: job. <laughs> We hope to get Tom back on soon. He has just been so gotta, busy and had some family you. stuff, and
1: we might as well talk about it now, and then I don't have to do it at the end of the show. Uh, okay. There was kind of some weird, as you know, with my phone going off and all that, but some really weird stuff happened here. Uh uh-huh. Kind of a reverse Trump move. Immigration showed up and they took little tr.
0: Oh no! Not little tr.
1: They took little tr. I hate took that. Him back took him back to the American border and I guess are waiting for uh, Tom to come and climb him. So he's, uh, he told, me Tom is. he told me he'd call me when he got there, but I haven't heard yet. So we'll have to, we'll have well, to you haven't had a phone though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, little TR has left Canada apparently. Wow. And was, wow.
0: None, and was
1: none too happy about it when they collected him, Let me tell you.
0: I wonder I wonder who called. Uh, I wonder who called the immigration people after he was talking about somebody making a trip to the uh, fridge the I, other day. I
1: don't, I, I don't know who that could have been.
0: Me either. It's hard to say. <laughs> but <laughs> we we do want to take a second here. I want to address. There's an elephant in the room that I need to address. Ed okay, Boggs,
1: you can make fun Bogus. of my weight all you like, but really, no, <laughs> no,
0: not you, oh, Ed Boggs, oh, ladies oh. and gentlemen, Die Hard family. Hey, Cade, let me have the mic for a second.
1: Well put, sir.
0: Lord yes, God, I he's think loud. That,
1: that is about the chances that the Timberwolves <laughs> have of getting the number one pick. Yes, and they will blow it if, even if they do get it.
0: You are correct. He's okay, honey. But, the, yeah, again, that's my son in the background, if you hear anything. He's having a good time right now with his mom. But, Ed Bogus, I wanted to bring your name up here. There was over 70 people entered the bracket pool. I know, Kate. Over 70. It's a lot. It's crazy. And Ed Bogg has forgot to fill out his bracket. <laughs> Ed, so Ed, if
1: anybody needs to enter the second chance challenge, it's you.
0: Yeah, Ed. So, Ed, this one's for you for not filling out your bracket. Hold on. Let me let him scream real quick.
1: <laughs>
3: He's
0: actually in a good mood, believe it or not. He's oh, not no, crying. That's, that's,
1: no, that's that's just wanting to be part of the show.
0: Yeah, well, Ed, this is for you.
1: No, oh, no, no! Give him Ed Boggus doesn't fill out his his uh, tournament bracket. You know what that is? That's Bush. Dummy, right? dummy! Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I know
1: what my bracket was. It was what I thought it was.
0: <laughs> Ed's gonna fill it out after <laughs> the tournament's <laughs> over. <laughs>
1: In a bit of of crazy West Virginian logic. (laughs) thought I'd fill it up when it was over and see if I can sneak it by.
0: But, ladies and gentlemen, we do have the second chance bracket up on ESPN.com. Just enter (laughs) Wide Men Can't Jump, and you can enter your second chance bracket, Ed. You better get in there.
1: (laughs) Mr. Mr. Bogus, not of you only picked all the winners, you've got the scores exactly all right, too.
0: (laughs) Wild how that (laughs) works.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) great,
0: But I will say this. We will have the second chance tournament bracket will also pick some winners and we'll give prizes to them as well. Well, we see so, we gave out the
1: wrong prize. That's the problem. If we want Ed oh, yeah? August, if we want Ed Bogus to participate with his full attention, that Donald do gift like- certificates yeah, I'd have to be like ten ninety nine at a buffet or something like that.
0: <laughs> ten ninety nine at a buffet versus Ed Bogus. That buffet's got no chance.
1: Yeah, you know uh, the, the the cost of a T shirt we put up in in food, you know, at a restaurant. And then we've got Ed's attention.
0: <laughs> we love Ed. He's one of our great listeners, uh, and we, okay. we have so many great listeners. Ed and Nick and. And everybody that listens in, I know there's so many more, and I don't want to start listing people's names because uh, I do. I'll forget everybody. Uh,
1: I want to fling this out here quick, too. I see Jacob Goldstein entered the uh, Second Chance thing. And yeah, he has. Got, yeah, and apparently he's got followers because six or seven more people came with him. And we're over. Yeah. We're, on, we're we're at 16 now. And I see Nick Hoff, safe back from his trip to Canada, has joined the Second Chance uh, ballot.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really. Nick Nick got in there. And uh, I want to go ahead and tell you next week on the show, I've already got lined up, our good buddy from way back. This is an early podcast guest, the cover for the Miami Heat Beat podcast, co-host and blogger, Alf. I don't know if you remember us talking to Alf way back when. He's going to come on and talk about the
1: Heat to trying out, to I get to
0: into, into the playoffs. So we're going to have Alf on next week. We're going to talk about the Miami Heat as the playoff chase I'll winds down.
1: Quick shout out to our, our favorite female fan. I think the only one we have probably, besides our significant others. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you uh, enjoy the shirt. Yes, you got it the other day. Supposed uh, to be I mean, modeling the pigs for us to put I'll up I'll online. Yeah, I mean, that's just a bonus, but I, I hope the uh, that our attempts to get her a more feminine shirt were
0: successful. Yes. And we do thank you guys for listening. This has been our seventy-second episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. Hard to believe we're that deep here on the flagship program, and well, go 605.
1: We're gunning for you,
0: six hundred five. <laughs> but that's right, seventy-second episode, and we'll be back next week for number seventy-three. You can listen to us here on BlogTalkRadio dot com slash Wide Men Can't Jump, or check us out at WideMenCan'tJump dot com. We got t-shirts available over there in all sizes, and they're going quick so you better get them now. I want to thank our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, cambay.com as well. I want to thank all you guys for listening, and you can download us at iTunes, uh, Podcast at Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and where you find podcasts. Are uh, there you any tickets
1: the left at- great wrestling, by the way? What is it? To not interrupt you, my apologies. Uh, are there any tickets left to the West Virginia wrestling event? The oh, yes, so, there
0: are still tickets available to All Star Wrestling 13th plug, Anniversary plug, Show. Plug that baby, plug it. I will. All Star Wrestling 13th Anniversary is coming up. It will. There are tickets available right now in Madison, West Virginia. If you're coming, you want to make here. sure you get there. Steve New will be there. Jim Cornette will be there. The Midnight Jim Express o? will be there. Who? Jim who? <laughs> Jim Cornette will be there. Midnight Express, Bobby, Dennis, Stan, all be there. Brian Pillman Jr. will be in the house. Hustler Rip Rogers, Brian Logan, Bobby Fultons, Tracy Smothers, all going to be there, and you can come by and see me. I'll be there as well. Uh,
1: what's that called? A a, uh, Christmas, a cornucopia
0: of wrestling. Yes, goodness. a cornucopia. There we go. A, yeah, a plethora kind
1: of, of wrestling talent. Uh, of cornucopias. Of uh, and not everybody there will be fat. Oh, <laughs> no,
0: definitely not.
1: Although oh, <laughs> there's a good chance uh, the vast majority will be
0: will be larger, I'm, maybe not fat, but larger. I'm not going there. But thanks again, everyone, for listening. Hey, Cade. Cade, Take it off, send Cade. us home. Send us home. Come on. That's it. got
3: to say it. That's just something. They know.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencan'tjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencan'tjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at visit our store and buy some new t-shirts that are available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and by cambay.com. Be sure to visit cambay.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. And thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wideman Radio Network.
3: Blog Talk Radio.